All right. Well, since we're talking on faith, you might as well pray about it, right? Pray like you got it. Hey, good morning. We are glad you are here. Uh, it, you look good. You can you, Linda. Shouldn't have made eye contact. Hey, we've been talking in a series called Faith, Nothing is Impossible. And I, I said uh, a few things uh, last week that I want to go back and touch on. Um, last week we talked about operating in the God kind of faith. And you say, well, what, what does it mean to operate in the God kind of faith? And, it was, uh, and so we went and we dug deep into Mark 11. We're going to start there again today because there's some more things I want to cover with that. So if you will, let's go to Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Remember, this is written in context of Jesus uh, cursing the fig tree. And then they came back the next day and they saw, well, the fig tree was dead. And uh, Peter's like, hey, the tree you cursed, it's dead now. And so here's where Jesus picks up with them. And again, we, we, we don't get a clear understanding of this verse out of a King James. When you look at the older translations, it, it gives us a better idea of how this verse was actually written. And so I'm going to read it to you this morning out of the Geneva Bible. <laughs> it says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Have the faith of God. See, that's how God wants you and I to operate. He wants, to oper he wants you and I to operate in His faith. Not our faith. If it was left up to my faith, you wouldn't get very far. But when we operate in the God kind of faith, things start happening. He says, so he, said, he answered them and said, have the faith of God. Verse 23. For truly I say to you that whoever shall what? For truly I say to you that who, it, whatever shall say. That's important. You need to remember that. You, prayer and having faith will never be activated until you first open your mouth and begin to activate it. It's, the word is in your mouth. He said, and whoever shall say, not no, whoever shall think about this mountain, not whoever shall wonder about this mountain, not whoever shall hope about this mountain. He said, whomever shall say to this mountain, You've got to open your mouth. If we're going to operate in God's kind of faith, we're going to have to operate the way God says to operate. And that's with your, with your mouth. Whoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and, and uh, be taken away and cast into the sea and shall not waver or doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass or well, shall happen, Whatever he says shall be done unto you. Look how many times the word believe is mentioned compared to the word say in that verse. God wants you to understand that what comes out of your mouth is often more important than what you've got in your heart. It's got a faith starts in your heart, but faith should end up in your mouth. He says, and whoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. He says the word say, or some form of it there, three times more than he says the word believe. Come on. Now verse 24. 
And therefore I say unto you, what, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you will have, you shall have it, and it shall be done for you. So you've got to come before God, you've got to start speaking your faith. You don't hope the mountain moves, you tell the mountain to move. You don't hope these things happen, you've got to open your mouth and begin to speak these. So Jesus said, let us have the faith of God. Well, the faith of God. How, do you, how does God have faith? Genesis chapter 1. Let's look at God's faith. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And what? There was light. So how did light come into the picture? By his saying. And God said, jump to verse 6. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the, the, uh, the, uh, let it divide the waters from the water. So how did the land and the firmament come? By the voice of God. Folks, I'm telling you today, if we don't get this and learn how to watch the things that come out of our mouth, and I want to tell you something, it's not just what comes out of your mouth, sometimes it's the things that's not coming out of your mouth that holds you up. He says, well, jump down to verse 9, and God, what did God do again? He said, and God said, let there be a firmament, oops, wrong verse, and God said, let the waters in the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. Verse 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind whose seed is in itself and upon the earth and it was so. But how did it all come? God said. Well, how did Jesus tell us to operate? Have the faith of God. So what is the faith of God? How can we see the faith of God expressed? God always expressed what he knew would happen by the words that come out of his mouth. Remember in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, or verse 1 and 2, it says, and, and the darkness was over the, over the uh, face of the earth. Verse 2 said, and, and, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. Does that mean God's Spirit wasn't here in the chaos? No, God's Spirit was here in the chaos. And, and, and so the Spirit was here to do all of these works already, but he was waiting on one thing. He was waiting on a word. I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit is here, ready to move in your life, ready to move in your behalf, but he's waiting on a word. He's not waiting on a word from God. He's waiting on a word from the one who God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and after us and let them have dominion over the earth. The Holy Spirit is waiting. He's waiting for a word. He's waiting for a word who carries the very breath of God. And that only creature is you. Mm. He's waiting on your word. Verse 11. We read that. Verse 14. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven and to divide the day and the night. And let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. Verse 15. And let the light uh, and be for lights in the firmament of the heavens and give light upon the earth and what? It was so. You get the picture here. God created everything except 
for our physical, mankind's physical body by the word of his mouth. And Jesus turned and said, have the faith of God. Well, how do I know I can have the faith of God? Whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed, and do not cast the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Folks, your words are highly important in this faith life. How you talk about the situations of your life, how you talk about the things that's going on in your life, will very really come to pass because you were created after God's image. Verse uh, 20. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life and, and the fowl that it may fly, that may fly above the earth to be opened in the firmament of heaven. Verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after its kind cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after its kind and it was so folks God never said what was this is important we're talking about having the God kind of faith he never said what was David what he says was what he wanted to be and if we're going to operate in the God kind of faith, it's not looking at a situation or looking at a problem and declaring what is. It's declaring what we see beyond that. It is declaring what we see coming out of chaos. It is declaring what we see as not yet, as though it exists. And you, remember what Brother Hagin said about faith. Faith is reaching into the, uh, grasping the unrealities of hope and bringing them into the natural realm. This is what we're doing when we're operating the God kind of faith. He's listening. Let me tell you, all, not just him, all of creation listens for your word, especially in the area of your own life. And so God here, he's never saying what was, he's saying what he wants. He said the exact, matter of fact, he said the exact opposite of what we stood in front of him. Y'all okay? Oh, you're one of those name it, claim it guys. I, I, he's a name it, claim it God. You can get mad at it all you want. Because he said, and when he said, it came to pass. That's how he put it into existence. That's how he said it. See, you start doing it, people get real nervous. Because you've seen people take advantage of things and start saying things that were just crazy. Ah, oh, come on. He is a name and claim of God. He never, he said the exact opposite of what was. There ain't no, there's nothing here. Well, let's say the land come forth. Well, there's nothing here. Let's put the sun in the sky. Let's put the moon and the stars in the sky. Well, there's nothing on the land. Well, let the grass grow. And he did all this by his word. He began, some of you need to quit talking about how bad the thing you're facing is and you need to start declaring what you need out to come out of this thing. You're in a situation that's only going to happen when you put your word to that thing. It's not denying the fact. God didn't deny the fact that darkness was over the face of the earth. He just declared that it was enough. 
Some of us, we think we, if we declare and we start making these declarations and we take a stance that it's not going to happen, you, well, you know, I'm just denying reality. I'm not denying reality, Sandy, but I don't live in this world. I walk and I live by faith. That means I walk according to the way God says, you go over there and you begin to create like me. You begin to speak like me. You begin to talk like me. Go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I can't handle that hard stuff. <coughs> that water will choke you out. <coughs> and God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing upon the earth. What does that say that we were supposed to have? Mankind was supposed to have what? Dominion over everything that affected his life. Come on. It's okay. Now you're talking that dominion stuff. Yep. I don't know when this became bad ideas. It's how God set it up. <laughs> Verse 27. So God created man after his own image. So how are we created? Just like God. After his own image, in the image of God, created he him. Male and female created he them. So guess who else is created in God's image? Male and female. D. <laughs> Verse 28. And God blessed him, and God said to him, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. So I guess that dominion idea is not such a bad idea when God put it in order, right? And have dominion over the fish of the sea. Over, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Man was created in the image of likeness of God and therefore is supposed to act like God. That's why Jesus said, have the faith of God. Well, how did God release his faith? God released his faith by opening his mouth and creating and he spoke into existence the opposite of what wasn't. He didn't focus. Man, sometimes we get... So I'm just going to sit here and focus on everything bad in my life. And that's all we talk about. That's all we focus on. Folks, what you talk about is what you produce. Why? Because you're God's creation. Created to act like God. Created to be like God. So what you talk about is what you produce. Some of us are running around here, I don't know why God just won't do this for me. And I don't know why God won't do that. Because God's did everything he could do. He put dominion back. He took it out of the hand of the enemy. He took that thing that the enemy had stolen, gave it right back to man. Man has never caught on to this yet. And so he stands and, I don't know why God won't. Maybe you need to change what you're saying. Maybe you need to get a hold of the words coming out of your mouth and quit creating 
Come on. You're still creating whether it's negative or positive. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. <clears throat> For the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Here's another not really good translation of this verse. <laughs> I want to read this to you from the, uh, it's called the Targum necklace. What that is, is the original Aramaic, one of the original Aramaic translations of this. It's actually, this is the, this is the version Jesus would have read. <laughs> Here's what it says about Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. In this Aramaic translation, which it only included the first five books, we know them as the Pentateuch. And the Lord God created man, dirt from the ground, and blew into his nostrils a living soul. And it was for him a speaking spirit in man. What God actually put into us was the ability to create by the words that come from our mouth. And he breathed into man the breath of life, and it became to him a speaking spirit. You are created to be a speaking spirit. You are created to operate and function under and by the words that proceed out of your mouth. Some of us should look down right now and be ashamed. Myself included. Because the words that come out of my mouth don't always create good things. Or am I the only one? <laughs> okay. You see, we're created in the likeness of God. Created in the image of God. And so what God wants us to do here in this situation is have the faith of God. The faith of God operates and creates by the words coming out of his mouth. Now, people start getting real nervous and upset here, Galen, I don't know why. It's God's words. God created everything by his word. He told us to have the same type of faith. Go to Romans chapter 4. In Romans chapter 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations. Before him whom he believed even God that quickened now we all think that this is talking about Abraham he's talking about God here he said even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were so what does God do he calls the things that are not as though they were and Jesus said to you and I in Mark 11, verse 22, have the God kind of faith. So what does that mean that you and I need to start operating in? We need to stop, start operating in a per, as a people who call things that are not as though they already, I just feel silly calling something that is not like it already exists. 
And whosoever shall say to this mountain, Believe that thou be cast up and thrown into the sea, and don't doubt his heart, but believe what he says, what did Jesus say? You'll have whatever you say. You'll have whatever you say. Believe, have the faith of God, who calleth those things that be not as though they are. This is just how God operates. This is how you are to operate. This is how I am to operate. He calls into existence that which does not exist. He never calls or says what is. He says the opposite of what is to bring it into what he needs. He's not denying, here I'm going to take away all your arguments. It's not denying that things are bad. It's not denying that things are tough. It's not denying that hey, this, this situation is not a good situation. But we don't operate by what we see. The just shall live by faith. We operate by the God kind of faith. Go to Mark chapter 5. We all know this story. Mark chapter 5, it says, A certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but, grew, but rather grew worse. And when she had heard, Je heard of Jesus, came pressing behind and touched his garment. All right, so we, 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 everybody caught up where we're at, right? This woman had an issue of blood, had a, a blood disease for 12 years. Basically, some scholars say that she just had a continual cycle. For 12 years, couldn't stop. Saw every doctor she could see, tried everything she could, and only was getting worse. The word says she heard of Jesus and she came behind him and pressed in and touched his garment. And right there, we all think about but. I think the key verse in this whole thing is verse 28. Verse 28 says, for she said. See, the pressing through the crowd and touching the hem of the garment was only the reaction that she put behind the words that she had already spoken. For she said, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be made whole. How did her healing come? It didn't come by what she did. It didn't come by, by who Jesus was. It didn't even come by Jesus' power. There's something about the words she said. She said, let me tell you, you ever seen somebody talk themselves into something? I worked with a girl one time who was convinced she was pregnant. So she told everybody, she kept saying it, she kept saying it, she kept saying it. And her body actually, but there was no baby in there. Went through everything that a pregnant woman would go through. There's something powerful about your words. For she said, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. Her healing came when she put actions to the words that came out of her mouth. She said, for she said. What created this healing? Her mouth. 
created this healing. Let's, let's go on. Verse 29. For she said, if I may just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing that virtue, power, dunamis, was the same place we get the word dynamite, that virtue, power came out of him. And he knew that when virtue, dunamis, had gone out of him, he turned about and said, he turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples said, what do you mean who touched you? Look around, man. Everybody's touching you. But there was one person. Like Smith Wigglesworth said, there's one thing. There's something about faith that would cause God to pass over a million people to get to the one who's believing him. She said it. Everybody else was there for a show. She said, all I got to do is touch his clothes. All I got to do is touch his clothes. All I got to do is touch his clothes. And when I touch his clothes, I'll be whole. When I touch his clothes, I'll be whole. When I touch, I'm, I'm going to reach through there. I'm going to grab. And if I have to get on my hands and knees and crawl, and if I can just get to the bottom of the hymn, then I know I got a hold of him. And when I get a hold of him, everything else will be healed. And so that is the very thing she did. For she said, if I may just touch his clothes. Mm. but the woman fearing and trembling verse 33 knowing what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him the truth now look what happens and Jesus said to her daughter thy faith hath made thee whole see Jesus tells us there what made her whole what made her whole was her faith not his power, not his ability. His power and his ability is always there. Why? Because he became the focus of her faith. And when she stood there and said, I will touch his clothes and I will be made whole, and she reached out with that hand, her faith put a draw on the power and the presence of God. And when you reach out by faith, and you have said it, you have declared it, you have made a declaration, and you reach out, there is something about that that will begin to put a draw on the power and the glory of God. We're waiting on God to move. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on your words to line up. Not double talk. Her faith made her whole. Why? Because Jesus was the object of that faith. Jesus was the focus of that faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's your words, folks. Some of you right now, hopefully, are going through your minds going... What am I saying about this situation? What am I declaring about this situation? Some of you will remember about three years ago, four years ago, I was scheduled to have my tonsils removed. And I kept saying, I said, D, I'm going to go to the doctor, but I'm not going to have to have this surgery. Now listen, all my life, my tonsils were so big, John, that they almost met in the back of my throat. Doctors had begged me for years to take them out. I would get strep throat four or five times a year. And they said, if you take these tonsils out, it'll be fine. Well, it, it came to the point of getting serious. And I said, okay. 
I scheduled a, scheduled a thing, had my, my friend scheduled to preach that for me that morning. And I got up and I went and I had a dream. I'd been saying all along, Michael, that I'm not going to have to have this surgery. The night before my uh, uh, last consultation, I went to the doctor. I'd had a dream that night and I had dreamed that I spit my tonsils out in my hand. I got up then and told this, I'm not going to have to have this surgery. So I started to go and I said, hey, your insurance changed. That doctor no longer takes your insurance. We're going to send you over to another doctor. So that's what they did. And I went and I told Dee again. I said, I'm not going to have to have this surgery. Went over there and he said, why are they wanting to take your tonsils out? I said, well, they're so big, they touch. You know, I, I, he said, man, I wouldn't touch your tonsils with a tip of pole. He said, they're so small. He said, your tonsils are small. Why in the world would they ever want to take these out? I haven't had strep throat since then. I haven't had a touch since then. You know why? It's because somewhere inside of me I got all, man, if we could do that with every area of our life. I wish I could tell you that I have this for every area of my life. I don't operate like this all the time. But it's not that I can't and it's not that I shouldn't. It's just sometimes we forget who we really are. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. And we have the same spirit of faith. So what, how do we know we got the same spirit of faith? And is it, as it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. I believe, therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. See, you have got to, I'm telling you, you can tell what a person really believes if you listen to their words long enough. You can tell what they really believe because what they really believe, they'll eventually start talking about. After they put on a good show for the pastor and looked holy and spiritual, and, you know, that way he's not judging me for... But if you sit around and listen, you can start hearing what, how they talk. And how they talk is usually how they live. And what they talk is usually what's produced in their life. And what's produced in their life is what they're living in. And they run around going, I don't know why God just won't touch me. Well, maybe you need to shut your big mouth. <laughs> now, I say that to myself, so I can say it to you too, right? Maybe I just need to quit saying everything that's wrong. Maybe I need to quit declaring everything that's wrong in my life. And I need to start operating like God who calls things that be not as though they were. Maybe I need to start causing the reality of what I want into this realm that he told me to call. This is how he told me to operate. I believe, therefore I speak. What you believe in your heart will eventually come out of your mouth. What I believe in my heart will eventually come out of my mouth. And what comes out of my mouth, since I am created like God, and my soul, that spirit that he breathed in me, has become to me a speaking spirit, what I speak becomes reality. Whether I'm negative, or whether I'm positive, whether it's for good, or whether it's for bad. What comes out of my mouth will affect the course of my life. Go to Proverbs chapter 18. Still with me? Yes. 
It's so easy to sit back and watch them make fun of TV preachers who preach this stuff until you see it's in the Bible. <laughs> verse 18. No, verse 20, Proverbs 18. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Now, what does that mean? Is he talking about my natural belly? He can't be talking about my natural belly. Why? Because my mouth here, what is fruit? What does a fruit do, tree do? Somebody say it again loud. It produces. So what does he say that my, and, and it later in Proverbs, it says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord that searches all the inward parts of the belly. A belly of a man shall be satisfied with the fruit, the produce. What his mouth produces is what his life is full of. So the words I produce is what satisfies my life, my spirit, where the candle of the Lord is. He says, "For go back to the beginning of that, Elizabeth, please. A man's belly shall be satisfied full with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. In other words, your life is going to be filled with what you talk about. Oh. We should shut a day on and go home now, right? Your life will be filled with the produce of your lips. Verse 21. Death and life are where? In the power of your tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit of it. So, what satisfies a man's belly? Fruit of his mouth. And with the harvest of his lips, he'll be satisfied. With the words your mouth produces is what your life will be full of. Why? Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Folks, this is in Scripture. This is what the Word says. What you say will fill your, what, what your mouth is full of will fill your life up with. The tongue has the power to produce death and life. So what is your tongue producing in your life right now? What do we find ourselves talking about? What do we find ourselves obsessed about? What do we find ourselves just blah, 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 blah. Or what if we're sitting back and we're wanting something to happen, but we're never speaking it into existence? I want it to happen. I believe it's God. I know it's God. I know it's God's will, but he's still waiting on you to open your mouth. Why? Because he made you like him, a speaking spirit. He made me like him, a speaking spirit. Sometimes I just need to start talking. Other, other places I need to shut up. <laughs> because I'm only creating my own life. Now, we, like I said, now we can get sideways about this because we've seen abuses in it. Amen? Okay, it's okay to amen that. But it still, Galen, doesn't change the fact that it's true. It doesn't change the fact that this is still what the Word says. Proverbs chapter 12. Verse 14a, the first part of 14. A man shall be satisfied with, the, with good by the fruit of his mouth. 
by what his mouth produces. Proverbs chapter 13, verses 2 and 3. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressor shall eat violence. Verse 3. He that speaketh with his mouth keepeth his life. Oh. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. That's those times when I should have kept my mouth shut. Or I should be speaking. Whatever I'm, whatever's coming out of my mouth is what I'm going to produce in my life. Because that's the way God in, it, it had created man to be. And he breathed into man and it became to him a speaking spirit. You were created to be a speaking spirit. Everybody breathe. See, it gets quiet when you start talking this. Because we think, oh, what in the world have I been saying? What has been trapping your blessing, your provision, your inability to excel may very well be the words that are or are not coming out of your mouth. Your, your, your tongue decides your, decides your life. Well, now, I just don't believe that. We've already seen a lot of scripture that proves it. Let's go to some more. Go to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. Kevin, Galen, is that true? What's a bit in a horse's mouth do? It pulls him, you pull to the left, he's going left. Pull to the right, because what does the mouth do? Where the mouth goes, the head will follow. Where the mouth goes, the head follows. That's why we put bits in horses' mouths. Because you've got to control that head. Well, you're the same way. Where your mouth goes, your head will follow. And where your head goes, the rest of you follow right along with it. He said, so we put bits in horses' mouths. We're back in James 3, uh, verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouth that they may obey us and turn about their whole body. Is that not on there, Elizabeth? I'll give you time to find it then. James 3, good King James Version. Verse uh, 4. Behold, the ships which though they be so great and are driven of force, fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. In other words, wherever the pilot wants to turn the ship, what's he got to control? The rudder. That little tiny thing controls the whole course of that ship. Everybody go like this. Did I ever tell you about the time I went sleigh riding and split my tongue in half? I went sleigh riding. I was about six or seven years old. Fell off the sled, split my tongue, straight in half. And... Uh, the doctor, I remember laying there, and he, they put this mask over my face, and he said, this is the only time you can stick your tongue out and not get in trouble for it. <laughs> so this is, we're going to stick our tongues out and not get in trouble for it. Go like this. That's the rudder of your, of, your, of your life. It will turn 
the very course of your life around, and as little as it is, it holds such power. Verse, where are we at? Verse 5 of James 3. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, whole gra Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on the fire of hell. Your tongue is so powerful it decides the course of nature according to that scripture. In your life, now my tongue won't do anything for Larry's life unless Larry says come in here and agree with me and then when our mouths start speaking the same thing then we earn into a prayer of agreement and a prayer of agreement begins to change things but when it comes to my life the very thing that can change the course of nature rests between my teeth and it's scripture maybe today if we want to have the faith of God we'll start talking like the God we know who calls those things that be not as though they are, who speaks things into existence, not denying what is really there, but saying that is not the stopping point. Amen. I live beyond that because I am a person that lives by faith. This is the God kind of faith. This is faith that speaks. It's how God created everything. It's how you are going to create the things in your life, whether they're good or whether they're bad. I've got something going on with me right now. I told Bob about it. I said, I can tell you what they call it, what the doctors call it, but what they call it is not what I call it. They call it one thing, I call it healed. They call it one thing, I call it fixed. And I'm not going to let go of that no matter what my body tries to tell me, no matter what it feels like, no matter what it says. I'm going around going, oh, thank you, God, I'm healed. Thank you, God, I'm healed. What are you going to do? I'm going to get up and preach because I'm healed. What are you going to do? I'm going to sing because I'm healed. What are you going to do? I'm going to get ready and run because I'm healed. I'm going to do it because I'm healed. My body has no option because I'm healed. Because as, as the, if it worked for her reaching out and touching the hem of his, her, his garment, then it'll reach, work for me. Because God's not a respecter of persons. He's not a man that he should lie. He don't like one person better than he does another. So if he tells us, tells us in the word that our tongues will create the reality of our life, then I'm going to have the reality of my life created by my words. Amen? You today can have your life changed by the reality of your words. Proverbs chapter 21, we're going to end right here. We're going to still talk about faith some more next week. Proverbs 12, verse 30, 23. Is that what I said? No, 21. 21, 12, got to get them straight. 
Whoever guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble. Whoever guards his mouth and keeps his tongue. In other words, whoever watches what he says can keep himself out of a world of hurt. Folks, I want to encourage you today. If we're going to operate in the God kind of faith, then we're going to have to be a people who know how to talk, who know how to speak, who know how to declare, who knows how to stop saying the stupid things we've been saying and start speaking what God says on the situation. Because what I speak, I create. Amen? Let's pray.